Well, let's go right to God's Word. I got a lot to get over this morning. I thought about splitting this in two weeks, but we're going to do it in one week, so let's get going. If you're new with us inside your bulletin, you'll find a note sheet. It'll help you better follow along. We're in week number two of three in a series called The Books, Living with Eternity in Mind. And what we're doing in this series is we're studying what the Bible has to say about three very unique books that will shape your eternity. Books that will determine where you spend it and how you spend it. And those three books are the Lamb's Book of Life, the Book of You, and the Bible. Now, we've already talked about the Lamb's Book of Life. That book contains all the names of those who have put their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. And remember what we talked about. You must have your name written in that book in order to spend all of eternity with God. If your name is in that book, not only does it mean that you put your faith in Jesus, but it also means you will spend eternity with Jesus. You'll have eternal life. But if your name is not in that book, you will experience eternal death in what the Bible calls the lake of fire. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many are thankful for that? So here's what you need to understand. When you put your faith in Jesus, all your sins, past, present, and future are forgiven, and your name gets written down in the Lamb's book of life. And so if you think about it, listen, the Lamb's book of life is the most important book in all of existence. It is absolutely super duper important that your name is written in that book. Now today I want to talk to you about the second book that will shape your eternity. I want to talk about the book of you. Every single person who ever lived in the history of the world one day will stand before Jesus to be judged by him. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says this, People are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Now, please listen to me very carefully, church. Both the non-Christian and the Christian will one day stand before Jesus to be judged. Everyone. There's not going to be any exceptions. Now, when I say that, that's a shocker to many Christians because I think many Christians think that it's just the non-Christians that will be judged, that, that Jesus, when we get to heaven, is going to kind of be some kind of like this hippie-loving kind of dude that's going to be like, hey, we're glad you're here, and he's never going to deal with anything serious. That is not how that's going to be. That's not true. One day, the book of you, even as a Christian, will be opened, and Jesus will judge you according to what is written in that book about how you lived out your life. The Apostle Paul says this about that day for the Christian, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 10, and we often hear this verse at funerals, but we're going to work through it here. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are here at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, so... We make it our goal to please him, talking about God, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now, let's stop there for a moment. Question, why should it be our goal to please him in this life? 
Why does it matter how we live our life in this world? Why does it matter or not if we take God's word seriously in this life? Well, verse 10 tells us, because we must all, everybody say all. all. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 14, and he's talking to Christians here. He's not talking to non-Christians. He says the same thing in a different way. Verse 10, he says, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before him, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us, Christians, he's talking to Christians here, each Christian will give an account of ourselves to God. That's a sobering reality. And so because that's true, because one day we're going to stand before Jesus in judgment, we're going to stand before this judgment seat of his, it's important that we're ready for that day. And if we're going to be ready, it's important that we understand who the participants will be at this judgment seat, what its purpose is, and how we can be prepared for the day we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So that's going to be our outline this morning. So let's first talk about the participants of the judgment seat of Christ. Once again, everybody who ever lived will be judged, but not everyone will be judged at the same judgment event. The Bible teaches us that there will be two different judgments, two different judgment events if you want to think about it that way. One for the non-Christian called the great white throne judgment and one for the Christian called the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, so once again, please understand, these are two separate future judgment events. Now, we looked at the great white throne judgment uh, in the message on the Lamb's Book of Life last time, but let's go back to it again so that this time you can kind of see it in light of the judgment seat that we're going to talk about this morning so you can understand how these two different judgment events are different. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, it says, Then I saw a great white throne. Anybody know why this judgment event is called the great white throne? Okay, right there. That's why we call it the great white throne judgment. Okay, real simple stuff. Okay. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Now that's Jesus. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and watch this, and books were opened. Those are the books of how each person lived their life in this world. Every person has a book with their name on it. And what's going to happen here is one by one, each person in this scene is going to stand before Jesus to be judged by what according, according to what is written in the book about them. It goes on to say this, another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now that's the Lamb's book of life. So understand you have books being opened, books for each single person is going to be opened, but then you also have the Lamb's book of life that is open and Jesus is on the throne judging people. And it says this, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books, okay, the book of you, the book of them, right? The sea gave up the dead that were in it. The dead and death and Hades, talking about hell, gave up the dead that were in them. You say, what does that mean? Listen, when, when, when non-believers die right now, 
they go to a place called hell. Do you understand? Hell is only temporary until the final judgment. And then there's another place that people that don't know God are going to spend eternity. And we'll see that in this verse here. So one day, everybody who is now in hell that did, was not saved will be res bodily resurrected to stand before God to be judged. And watch this. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. That's the permanent place of judgment. The lake of fire is the second death. We're talking about eternal death there. Now watch this. Verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So what's that saying? Well, anyone who did not find forgiveness of sin through faith in Jesus while they were in this life will spend eternity in the lake of fire. Eternity. And it won't matter how many good things those people did during their lifetime. It will all account for naught because of their sin, because of the price of their sin. Listen, this sobering truth alone helps us understand, and I talked about it during communion, how precious the innocent blood of Jesus really is. The great white throne judgment will bring people face to face with how serious and expensive their sin was before a holy God, and it will also bring them face to face with their inability to pay for their sin on their own. And they will understand they are guilty in that moment. And they will spend eternity in the lake of fire, get this, in anguish. You say, why would they have anguish? Knowing that they had an opportunity to accept Jesus in this life, but they did not take up the invitation. Therefore, they're going to have to pay for their sins on their own, and that's why they can never get out of hell because, or out of the lake of fire because the sin's too expensive. You could spend eternity there and still not pay for it before a holy God. That is the great white throne judgment. It's a judgment that all unbelievers will have to endure. It's a judgment that will result, get this, in them being condemned to eternal death. Now, the Christian, on the other hand, will spend uh, will face an, inter a, an entirely different type of judgment. How many are thankful for that, right? Yes. Now, as we've already read, it's called the judgment seat yes. of Christ. Yes. So let's once again go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, for we, all, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I want you to notice Paul doesn't say, Everyone must stand before the judgment seat, but who? We, talking about we Christians, will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Listen, everyone will be judged by Christ, non-Christians at the great white throne, Christians only at the judgment seat. And so those will be the participants who will stand before the judgment seat. But why? Why? That's really the question for you and I as people of God, because look, if our sins as Christians have already been forgiven, then why do we still need to have to stand before Jesus to be judged? What's the purpose of it all? Well, let's talk about that now. So let's move on to what's the purpose of the judgment seat of Christ? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not a judgment of condemnation for sin. Jesus is not looking to rub a Christian's sin in their face. He's not looking to send them to hell uh, at this point. You say, how do you know that? Well, first of all, we know that because of what the rest of the Bible says. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, otherwise, because we are saved from sin through Jesus, there is now no condemnation for those who are in him. Amen? Yes, right. Amen. Now, there's a reason, another reason I know this. 
The other reason we know this is because, because of the word judgment seat and what Paul is trying to communicate here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's go there once again. Look at it. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, when you see those words, judgment seat, one word in the Greek, it's bima. Everybody say bima. Okay, everybody in Greek culture knew what this was. It was a raised platform to which someone walked up to receive judgment. And this is the point that Paul's trying to get across, particularly as it relates to athletic rewards. So understand, athletic competitions uh, were a big deal in, in Greek-Roman world. In fact, this is where our modern-day Olympics are derived from. And you know how in our modern-day Olympics... The, the, the competitors, they go compete and judges judge them. And then when we give out the awards or the medals, what do we do? We put them on a raised platform, don't we? And we give them their rewards. Well, they would do the same thing in, in ancient times. And so in every Greek city, I mean, the Greek games were like, it was like the NFL of the day, right? It was just, everybody was into it. Every city had a bema seat because you had these athletic competitions going. And so every city would have a, a bema in their town. And what would happen is the judges who witnessed those events would come to that bema. The athletes would come and they would hand out the awards on that platform. And they would often not give them medals, like they would give them laurel wreaths or crowns made of jewelry or gold or one of these type of things. That's the image that Paul has in mind here when he mentions the judgment seat. He says, that's an example of how the Christian's judgment is going to be. And the Corinthian church would have quickly gotten that because they had a bema in their town, a very famous bema. It's one of the most famous ones in all of the Greek world. Here's an actual picture of the ruins of it. So you, if you want to, you can hop on a plane today and go visit that thing. It, it's still there. So let me put this all together for you. The judgment seat is about rewards. It's not to determine if you get into heaven or not. If you're at the judgment seat, the where you will spend eternity has already been settled. It's going to be with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Faith in Jesus determines the where. How we live for Jesus in this world after we come to faith in him will determine the how yes. we will spend eternity. So think about this. Salvation is based on belief in Jesus. Rewards, however, are based on our behavior after our belief. Everybody got that? Jesus is going to review your life one day to determine if you get any rewards or not. Now, listen to me, because this is another misconception for a lot of Christians, and I understand why. We talk about it a lot. The ground is level with the foot of the cross, and that's true. We all get to heaven the same way, amen? It's through the blood of Jesus. But do you understand heaven will not be equal for all Christians? Some Christians will be rewarded more than others. Some Christians will not receive any rewards, although they made it to heaven. And it will all be based on how they lived for Jesus in this world. One day the book of you is going to be opened and read right in front of Jesus. Now you understand why Paul, you see Paul, 
mean, he's always using this analogy in his writings in the New Testament about running the race, and he's talking about this life. This is why you see Paul say things like this. Look at this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. It says, the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. He's talking about how he lived his life. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous who? Judge will award to me on that day. Do you understand that's a man that woke up every day and his decisions were driven by not what's best for this life, but what's best for the next life. That was a man who woke up with eternity in mind. His purpose in life had eternity in mind. His gifts and talents had eternity in mind. Once again, and I want to say this to you, and you're going to say, Pastor told us. I remember that day. You're going to get to Pastor told me. You're going to stand before that. Pastor told me about this judgment seat. Listen, once again, the way to heaven is equal, but we will, we will we'll get there through Jesus, but not, not everyone will spend eternity in heaven. That's not going to be equal. Jesus will judge our life to determine the benefits that we receive in eternity. And here's what you need to understand about rewards. Rewards have to do with responsibilities in the kingdom. Rewards have to do with responsibilities in the kingdom. I'm not going to go to the full parable, but if you read the parable of the, of the talents, how many of you have ever read the parable of the talents and talks about how the, the master's going to come back and judge the servants based on what they did with the opportunity that the master gave them. And it's an analogy of one day you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, what did you do with this gift of life that I give, gave you? God's going to evaluate your life. And if you've done well with what he gave you, look what it says. Matthew 25, verse 23. You're going to hear this. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Now watch this. I will put you in charge of what? Talking about in, in, in eternity. Come and share your master's happiness. Do you understand some of us are going to be given greater responsibilities than others when it comes to eternity, and it's going to be based on the book of you. How did you live your life? What did you do with your life in this world? Do you understand some of us are going to be able to glorify God more than others in eternity? We're all going to glorify God, but some of us are going to be much brighter than others. You say, how do you know that? Well, let me take you to Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 through 3, and this is all about futuristic judgment and how things are going to play out. Watch this. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. It's going to be a separation, right? Those who are wise, we're talking about God's people now, those that are Christians, will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. So do, do, you, ever, do you ever notice that light bulbs have different brightnesses? And it's going to be the thing, same thing in heaven with people. They're going to be people who are going to be able to shine greater than others in heaven. And it's all going to be based on what did they do with what God gave them in this life? It all comes down to how each one of us ran our race through this life. Now, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And this kind of brings this all together because this theme is consistent all throughout the New Testament. Look what Paul says, for no one, verse 11, chapter 3, 1 Corinthians, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is 
Jesus Christ. You say, what's that talking about? There's no other way to be saved other than to have Jesus as your foundation. Amen. That's how you get to heaven. Yeah. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is where the ground is equal at the foot of the cross, right? Yeah. But watch how it's going to change here for those who make it to heaven. If anyone builds on this foundation, and we're talking, what are you talking about building? We're talking about how you live your life. What kind of life did you build on top of, like, once you came to know Jesus, what kind of Christian life did you build? That's the point. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day, so what's the day? The day of judgment will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what he has, if what he has, what, if what has been built survives, watch this, the builder will receive a reward. You see that? If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Why? Because he had the foundation of Jesus under his life. Even though only as one escaping through the flames. Otherwise, there are some people, praise God, they're going to make it to heaven, but they're going to make it by the skin of their teeth. So let's put this together. There's only one foundation and that's Jesus Christ. But you get to decide what kind of building or life that you put on top of that salvation. The building, your life, God will look at to see whether you use destructible or indestructible material. So think about it. Gold, silver, costly stone, that's indestructible. Wood, hay, and stubble, that's destructible. We're not talking about those actual things. We're talking about, did you do things that glorified God and his kingdom and his priorities? Did you live to glorify God or did you live to, to satisfy your earthly desires and live like the world? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be wood, hay, and stubble. And it's going to be tested by fire. So understand what this is telling us here. The holy eyes of God are going to read your book. He's going to look at your life to determine whether it was built, quality, or cheap. I mean, did you value God in this life? Did you value his word? Were his priorities your priorities? So think about this. What this is saying is God is saying, I gave you an expensive foundation and his name is Jesus. And I don't expect you as one of my people to live a cheap life based on that foundation. When my holy eyes review the book of you, is how you lived out your life going to be of any eternal value or is it going to be worthless like wood, hay, and stubble? I mean, think about this. Have you ever uh, contracted somebody um, and you paid a lot of, of, of money to have the materials be right and to be, and then they, somebody used cheap materials and it didn't last? How many know what I'm talking about? Yes. Nobody wants that. Well, God doesn't want that either. God paid too high a price for yeah. you to live a cheap life that has no eternal value. He wants you to build a, a quality of life that glorifies him on top of your salvation in this world. So the, the question now is, well, how do I do that? Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the preparation for the judgment seat of Christ. And there's a couple of things 
that you need to know about the preparation. First, we're going to be judged individually. Okay, so here's the deal. The only person that you are competing with, are you ready for this, is you. Okay, this is not going to be, okay, who gets first, second, and third. If you understand it right, everybody can finish in first. God's not going to judge you based on what other people have done. He's going to judge you based on what did you do with what he gave you. So let me kind of give you an illustration of this. Everybody knows Billy Graham, right? Everybody's like, he's going to be rewarded amazingly. I mean, he led these great crusades and millions of people gave their heart to Jesus. And I believe it's true. I think he's going to be rewarded amazingly. But you know what I believe? I believe there are going to be other people rewarded more. He was given lots of opportunity to speak in front of lots of people. And he did a good job with that. But there are going to be other people that they weren't given that opportunity. But there was a few people that God brought in their life. And they made the most of those opportunities and took advantage of it. And God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. I promise you, you're going to get to heaven and say, there's people with more rewards than Billy Graham. Can you believe that? <laughs> Why? Because they were faithful to do the best of what they were given. Okay? Uh, another, another little story in the Bible that teaches us is this. One day Jesus was with his disciples in the temple and they had these huge like horns, metal horns that you would put your coins in. And the rich would come and they'd love to dump their coins in there because it made a lot of noise. So, so, so they'd love to show everybody how much they were given. And this, this one little widow, poor widow, goes up and puts a, a mite in there. It was like a penny. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, that woman gave more than the rich people. They were putting there because she gave out of what she had. So you need to understand you're going to be judged individually. Okay. It's not going to be about, oh, what did she do? And what did he do compared to you? It's going to be, God's going to say, what did you do with the opportunities that I put in front of you? Listen, we're not all going to get the same opportunities. Some of us are going to get more opportunities in this life than others. Some of us, it's, it's about what did you do with what God gave you? God chooses what opportunities you get. You choose how you go through it and what you do with it. Amen. Yes. Everybody got that? Yes. All right. Here's the point number two. We're going to be judged thoroughly. Okay. When the book of you is opened, you know what's in there? everything. Are you ready for this? The good, the bad, and the very ugly. Everything is going to be in that book. Now, the good thing is the ugly is covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen? But everything. What did you do with your entire life? What did you do with your time? What did you do with your talent? What did you do with your treasure? Did you use those things to make a difference for God, to to glorify him? He's going to judge your character. The Bible even says God is going to going to judge your motives. And so there are some things that people did for the Lord in this life that they're not going to get a reward for because they did it with the wrong motives. God is judging you to that level. What was your motive for, for doing that? He's going to judge every action, every single moment, every single day, every single breath that you take is going to be into consideration and God's going to put the fire to it and we're going to see what's left that glorified him while you were in this life. Let me take you through some scriptures so you can get a better feel for what we're talking about. This is not an exhaustive list of scriptures. We don't have time for that. I'm trying to prove to some of you that I really can do a series in three weeks and not 50. <laughs> some of you are like, Pastor, I don't believe this is going to be three weeks. It always gets extended. No, no, no. I'm going to do it in three weeks, I promise you. What you've got to understand is God is big on accountability and rewards. 
Why? Because he's a holy God. He's a just God. He's a fair God. And you find it all throughout the Bible in the words of Jesus. Think about this. When it comes to the words that we speak in this life, we're going to be judged by our words. That's going to be part of the criteria. I don't know about you, but I feel like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. The tongue is is a crazy thing, right? Now, look, look what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 12. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment, watch this, for every empty word they have spoken. Uh-oh. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. When it comes to your work, when it comes to uh, working for other people, when it comes to serving beneath other people, I mean, isn't it true? Sometimes you work for people and they don't appreciate you. And sometimes you come to church and you serve at church and you're like, I don't think they appreciate me. In fact, I think they take advantage of me. I'm on the schedule all the time. And I'm so frustrated. You know what God says? I know you're frustrated, but, but I see. And look what God says, whether it's work or church or whoever you're serving under, whoever, whoever you're, 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 you're serving, whatever you do, Paul says, work at it with all your heart. Why? As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Oh, you may not get all the recognition now, but one day you will. Oh, you may not get everything that you desire now, but one day you will. You work as if you're working for the Lord. God's going to judge you depending on how faithful you were with what's before you. When it comes to our finances, everybody say, uh-oh. <laughs> I know, I'm going to go there, but this is a big a part of how, how you steward your finances is going to be a part of, of that judgment seat. And it's going to be a bigger part than you think. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 through 20? Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. You you say, how do I do that? Through giving, by using your treasure to make a difference for God in this world. That's what he's talking about. That's how you store up treasures in heaven. In fact, look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse 9 through 11. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says this. Jesus says, I tell you. He just told a parable. And he says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, Jesus is not saying, hey, go out to people and say, I'll give you 10 bucks if you come to know Jesus. It's not what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. When you use your treasure in this world, it becomes a tool to minister to other people. And because you gave treasure, other people are going to come to know Jesus. And because that's so, one day, those people that came to know Jesus are going to thank you in heaven. So let me, let me give you a practical illustration. We, we, you see that missionary board out there. Every week when you walk out of here, we support those missionaries monthly based off of your tithes and offerings. And just by you being faithful in your tithes and offerings, there are, there's money that's going to missionaries that are going around the world. People are finding Jesus. And one day you're going to get to heaven and somebody's going to walk up to you and say, you know that church you went to in Chestertown? You were so faithful giving your tithes and offerings there. And your church gave that to, a portion of that to, to this missionary. And they came to my town in my village where nobody was, led me to Jesus. And I'm here because of your faithfulness. Thank you. Now watch what Jesus says here. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. 
And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. He's talking about what did you do in this life and what can I give you in the next life? What's this? So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? You know what, you know what Jesus is saying? When some people get to heaven, there's some things God can't allow people to do because they couldn't even handle their finances well in this life. That's what he's saying. He said, how can I give you true riches, things that are of eternal value, if you can't even handle temporary things well? When it comes to how you love people, you're going to be judged. Now, anybody can love people that love us, amen? That's easy. You want a real reward from God? Look at this. Jesus says, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then, watch this, your reward will be great and you will be the children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked when it comes to serving people that can't repay you when it comes to using your gifts and talents and you're not going to get any kickback for it god says i'm watching that look what look what it says here it says but when you give a banquet, Jesus says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. You see that? Amen. How about this? When it comes to your ability to deny your sinful fleshly appetites, you're going to be judged on that. We all know when we come to Jesus, we're still stuck in a body that wants to sin. Amen? Amen? And your ability to get your body submitted to God's word and to God, you're going to be judged based on that. Look what Paul says. And once again, we see the idea of running the race. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 20, 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Live this life in such a way that you're going to hear well done and good and faithful servant. Live your life in such a way that when you get there, God's going to say, oh my goodness, let me tell you what I can give you. You did good. You won in this thing called life. Watch this. Everyone who competes in the games, and he's talking about those ancient Olympic games, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Once again, that crown is, is connected to responsibilities. You're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. Therefore, look what Paul says. Because I live with eternity in mind as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't just live my life however I feel and whatever I want to do. I don't just go, woo, woo, Jesus is going to take care of it. No, I pay attention to the way I live. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I don't live an uncontrolled life with my fleshly. You ever see somebody in rage? I'm, I live like a trained boxer. I know when to throw punches. I know when to throw blocks because I'm skilled at this. I don't just beat the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. I know some of you are like, I've been reading the Bible a long time. I didn't know I'd see this. It's right there. The book of you is being written and you're the one writing it. 
And I want to say this once again. You're not going to be judged on your previous life before Christ. What did you build on top of the foundation of Jesus in your life? Some of you are like, thank God, I was such a heathen. (laughs) Look at Jesus said in Mark chapter 10. Interesting passage because this is right after the rich young ruler doesn't want to give up when he needs to give up to go follow Jesus. And the disciples are like, we've given up everything for you. And look what Jesus says to them. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Otherwise, God's not saying you won't be rewarded in this life. How many know God rewards in this life too? But it's going to be nothing compared to the next life. Watch this. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. Along, It's going to come along with persecution for him. But and in the age to come, eternal life. Otherwise, you're going to be rewarded as well in the age to come. Now, I can go on and on and on. I mean, I could talk about how do, you, how do you function with your local church? You say, what do you mean? You're a part of the body of Christ. Do you understand your gifts and talents are meant to be used in conjunction with the body of Christ, not from apart from it? You're going to be judged. How did, how did you function with your own, your, in your own local church? Did you, did you use your time, talent, and treasures to glorify God? I could go on and on and on. It's all going to be based, the rewards and responsibilities, off of what's in the book of you. Now, this is why the final book that we're going to talk about next week is so important. The Bible is your guide to help you prepare for eternity. Okay, you ready for this? God has already given you the answers to the test. Yes. How many have ever gone to a college class and you're like, I'm going to fail this test and there's no way. But then you go and you get the test and you're like, oh, you're so intimidated. And then the teacher's like, well, we're going to give you the answers to the test. We're going to go through it together. And you're like, oh, thank God. Just this week, I went through CPR certification and they handed out the test at the end. And I was like, and and the, and the teacher says, don't worry, we're going to go over it together and I'm going to help you with the answers. I was like, whew. So here's what you need to know. I am CPR certified, but you probably do not want me doing CPR. <laughs> on you. Because <laughs> I wasn't passing that test. But here's the deal. Nobody should not be ready for that test. What it will probably mean is you didn't study. You didn't invest yourself in the word of God. We'll talk more about that next week. Let me close uh, with these final thoughts. Here's number one. This life is training time for reigning time. Do you understand that? Your life is a test. And it's such a short test. I mean, the Bible says life is a vapor. You've got the short time to prepare for eternity. And God is watching your life to say, what can I entrust them with in my kingdom for eternity? What, what are the true riches that I can put in their hands? And it's going to be based on the book of you. How did you glorify God in this life? What did you do with what God gave you in this life? Here's the next sobering thought, and it's this. The judgments rendered over us at the judgment seat will be eternal. They will last forever, never to be altered or changed. See, what does that mean? When you get to heaven, your responsibility is going to be your responsibilities. That will be set in stone. This life, this life will dictate that. 
don't waste this life. So many of us, we're, can I just be honest? Some of, so many of us, and I, none of us get it perfect, including me. I'm, I'm, I'm a mess just like you are in so many areas, but so many of us are wasting our life on things that don't matter. We're pursuing relationships that don't glorify God. We're pursuing activities that don't glorify God. We're not doing a very good job of what God has put before us, and there's no reason that should be because God has given us the body of Christ and the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to help us. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Glorify God in this life so that in the next life you can shine like the sun. So if those first things are true, this life is training time for raining time. If, if the judgments that are going to be rendered at the judgment seat will be eternal, then here's what that means. Every day is an investment that will show up in eternity. That's what that means. Every day, every breath, every season of life that you go through. In fact, one of the things I didn't even talk about, and I, I want to just share this. I, I didn't bring it in the scriptures, but you're going to be rewarded on how well you handle suffering in this life. There's so many Christians that go through life like, well, I believed in God and he didn't do what I wanted him to do. Well, that's because you're not in eternity yet. There are some things you're going to go through in this life that God is going to take you from glory to glory and he uses suffering to do that, to transform you to a greater glory, degree of glory. How many know what I'm talking about? That's another sermon for another time. I told you, I'd slip a fourth sermon in here somehow. Life is short. Don't waste it. Because one day, the book of you will be opened. And I don't know about you, but I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to get there by the skin of my teeth. Listen, I'm highly competitive, if you haven't noticed. I'm like that with my sports teams. Like when I watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't want them to just win. I want them to beat the Ravens by 50. Just lost all of you. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? That's the way I think about eternity. I'm not going to get everything I want in this life, but I will be rewarded in the next life. You got to live with an eternal mind. It cha- when you live with an eternal mindset, you know what it does? It, it starts to shape the decisions that you make. One of the reasons some of you don't make really good decisions with anything, with money, with relationships, with whatever it wants to be, is because you're not thinking about eternity. And when you start to live for eternity, It shifts your mindset and it changes your decisions and it leads to a life that glorifies God here and now. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? As we close today, I I think the Lord would want to say to some of you, you need to readjust some priorities in your life. You're not living for eternity and so this is a little bit of a wake-up call for you. I think others of you, God wanted to encourage you because you're the person in here today and you're like, but I've been faithful and I've been faithful and I've been faithful and I've been faithful for 30 and 40 years and there's so much more I want God to do and he hasn't given me yet. And the Lord would say, I see you, I see you and see you and great is going to be your reward. Don't give up. Continue to be faithful. Continue to be faithful even in the hard season that you're in. Continue to be faithful because there, there are rewards and investments that you're making now even in the season that you're in. So be encouraged and keep your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of your faith. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that we would be people that would live with eternity in mind that when our book is open one day, 
you may say, well done, a good and faithful servant. Lord, I, I pray that when you, when you look at our church as a whole, that you have planned in this community, you would say, well done, church. Well done, great and faithful servants. May that be our heart cry, that we would glorify you with every breath, with every decision, with every season of life. That people may come to know you, that you'll be glorified, and that we'll celebrate that for all of eternity. The things that are true riches. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we all said together, amen. I don't know how you end up 10 minutes longer than the first service, but I just did that. Anyway, if you need prayer, our prayer partners will be up here. We'll be able to be here to pray with you if you have any needs in your life. The rest of you, come back. We'll finish the series next week. If you need prayer, go ahead and come. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.